while police photographing our license plate. What are we doing for veterans returning home damaged physically and mentally, suffering from depression, homelessness, and suicide? Why did the Supreme Court deposit corporate money into our electoral process? Should we redefine middle class as working poor? Or is it just another Wall Street merger? What's really behind new voter picture ID laws in certain states? Why aren't NBC, ABC, CBS, and Fox asking these questions? Welcome to the Reasonable Voice radio show. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice. The mission of the Reasonable Voice is to connect the dots between politics and finance, the need for better and more affordable education, our humanity, world peace, and, of course, the arts, which we then gladly provide our listeners, the voting public, as informative food for thought to provoke their self-determination and appetite for equal economic opportunity and justice for all without truth decay. The Reasonable Voices are advocates prioritizing education, preserving our history, leading by example for a peaceful and prosperous world by evoking and embracing both creative artists and political unity as solutions to our challenges. Good afternoon. This is the Reasonable Voices News Talk radio program, and I'm your host, Marcello Rolando. My guest today is Frank Squillace. And I'm loving saying that because I've met uh, <laughs> I've met people with that last name before in New York, and they would pronounce it a different way. I'm not going to say it because I don't want to put it in my brain. But it's Squillace, right, Frank? Yes, it is. Thank, Thank you, you sir. Okay. Frank Squillace is an experienced leader with a demonstrated history of working in the civic and social organization industry, skilled in nonprofit organizations, operations, budgeting, entrepreneurship, event management, and customer service. Mr. Squillace is a strong professional with a master's focused in healthcare administration, business administration from Duke University. Frank is the director of employee relations at the Piedmont Virginia Community College. But I asked Frank here today to talk with us on The Reasonable Voices because Frank Squillace serves as the director of Network to Work at PVCC. Now, that's Network with the number two, Work. And so, Frank, first of all, welcome to the show. How are you? Thanks. I am great, and I'm glad and delighted to be with you, Marcello. And I feel the same way. You know, I invited Frank on the show, not just because his wife, Jane Dittmar, is one of my favorite people in the world, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because I didn't even know they were married when I talked to him about coming on the show. But it's just a happy, you know, uh, six degrees, etc. But I invited Frank Squillace because, as I said, he is the director of Network to Work. And his team are approaching unemployment and the poverty it can produce with real jobs, real people, and realizing potential. So, Frank... Let's start with your take on on unemployment and poverty in America and in Central Virginia. And what what I think is from our conversation, you know, over coffee is a is a refreshing solution for eliminating unemployment and poverty. To be to be specific, what does Network to Work do that is a different approach? Indeed, a solution oriented approach to solving the issues 
of unemployment and poverty. How's that for a first question? There we go. Why not start with the biggest one? <laughs> well, um, thank you again for the opportunity, Marcello. Uh, cut right to the chase. Our fantastic founder, Ridge Schuyler, who is the Dean of Community Self-Sufficiency Programs at PVCC, uh, undertook a, a study uh, several years ago that showed that approximately 20% of Central Virginia who can't afford, 20% of the population cannot afford to make ends meet, uh, to meet their basic needs of housing and transportation and, and child care and, and whatnot. My gut tells me that's probably not much different than the rest of America, yes. your earlier point about poverty and unemployment. That being said, what, we, what he and what we realized with our program is that only way we think you can become self-sufficient um, and, and dig yourself, if you will, out of poverty or be supported out of poverty with our program is through a job, through an employer that pays you a paycheck every other week or every month, whatever the case may be. We are beyond blessed in Central Virginia to have several hundred nonprofit human service providers, and they all do a fantastic job of providing voucher for child care or food for your cupboards or helping you access to get uh, your driver's license, whatever it is. Mm. But those uh, service agencies don't provide you a paycheck. They provide you with a specific service that, of course, is needed, but doesn't give you that paycheck every week, every other week, as we mentioned, to uh, ultimately help you become self-sufficient. So the network utilizes all of those support service agencies, but in a different manner. And where we're different, to your original question, well, how are we different? Most employers still in this country and still in this community have an open position or several open positions whereby they use a large company like Indeed or Snagajob or Craigslist to post those positions. So they have a warm position and they post it and they're looking for a warm body. Well, the old way used to be the warm bodies would go on those sites and say, oh, there's a job over at X, Y, and Z company. I'm going to apply. Mm. The problem is the person in, uh, applying to those jobs has multiple barriers that either uh, doesn't allow them to apply in a, in a manner in which they really have the opportunity to obtain that job. And from the employer's standpoint, they don't know anything about those potential applicants and their human service needs. So people get jobs, and then a week later, they call their boss and say, hey, my car broke down. And the boss says, well, you've got to get to work. And they say, I can't afford to fix the car. And they say, well, great, and you're fired. And the whole process just spins and spins and spins. Mm. What our uh, founder and what our program has done subsequently is say, let's reverse that. Let's, uh, let's show people jobs that are in our community, real jobs that pay, in our case, at least $25,000 a year or more, mm -hmm. and there's hundreds of them with thousands of employers, and show people who are looking for jobs those jobs. Ask them, are they interested in one of these or more? And when they say yes, we don't send them to the job first, which has been the problem uh. with both the employers and the seekers. We bring them into our program, 
and we essentially what we call onboard them. We meet with them. Our life and career coach meets with them, and we ask that single mom of two children, okay, you want this job as a certified nurse assistant. First of all, do you have training? No. Okay. Next, if you get the job or even start the training, how are you going to get there? Do you have a car? Well, I do, but it's broken down. Okay. Then once you get the job, you have two small children. What's your child care look like? And she says, well, one day my uncle Marcello watches the kids, and the next day my cousin's brother's sister watches. No, that's not going to work. Mm. That is not adequate, consistent child care. So we put all that into a pot, if you will, and we spit out a process by which we require the job seeker to use all of those providers in the community that I mentioned before to access or assist with all of those barriers. Once those barriers, for the most part, are taken care of, we then bring the folks back in, the job seeker, and say, okay, now apply for that job as a CNA at several of these healthcare facilities that are all dying to bring in CNA and have hundreds of openings. And we let that job seeker apply to those employers through the employer's normal process. And then once they hit send or apply, if you will, my role is to contact those employers that we've developed these wonderful relationships with and say, hey, employer XYZ, just want to let you know that Mrs. Jones just applied for your CNA position. Thank you for giving her the opportunity. All five of our 85 current employers, and that number grows weekly, mm-hmm. move our applicants to the top and give them at least an interview. Why? Because it's not the old way of pulling just random names and warm bodies off of a mega job. They know that our program has vetted the folks. We've offered them all the support services through the various providers and that they will be a much better employee when, if and when they're offered a job than if they pull them off of the other, uh, the other ways in which to find people. That's what we've done, and we've exploded. Wow. I, you know, it, it makes all the sense in the world. I, it, because it, it, the, the moment an employer can trust a recommendation... Yeah. Uh, you know, that, and, and of course you prove that. It's like when I call New, New York anytime these days and recommend someone. It happens rarely, but when I do, they see the person because they trust my recommendation. So you've created, yeah. you, you've, uh, you have, uh, you've created something that makes all the pragmatic sense in the world. I don't know why. I'm not a big fan of some of the employment services that have been mentioned, <laughs> and I'm glad you mentioned yeah. them because yeah. I wanted to, and I said, no, I'm not going to do that. But only because I I know that it, I have seen personally friends, family, that get so frustrated using that method. And and indeed, I've written, uh, written um, uh, indeed about it, and they've responded. We'll see what happens, I'm sure. I, I just, but... But I'm just I'm fascinated uh, and intrigued by how you've described that network to work actually works. I mean, uh, for instance, yeah. what yeah. what is this peer approach that you use? Uh, so, so that's the, the 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 secret sauce, if you will, is how do we find people who are looking 
for these jobs because we do not have we do not have an open job board, if you will. We uh-huh. actually had a, a job team come in this morning and said, "Well, I'll just go on your website and look at the jobs. I don't need you." And said, "No, you're not going to find it. Mm-hmm. You can't look at the job with the employers that we work with unless you're in the program." Yes. So what happens is I work with employers in the community and. Basically, last year at this time, we had 10 employers. We're up to 85, and I'm sure by 2020, we will have over 100, and it keeps growing. There is no cost for an employer to work with us. There's no contract. All it requires is that they have positions that do not require necessarily college degrees mm-hmm. that pay $12.50 an hour or, if you will, $25,000 annually or more. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't uh, we don't advertise positions that pay seven or eight or nine dollars an hour because that's not going to someone become self sufficient. That's right. So what happens is I work with that employer. It takes five minutes for them to work with me to put together what we call a job ticket. The job ticket just explains what the job is, what it pays, is it on the bus line or not. Important things. Once that job ticket is created, I send it out to an app that we have developed, basically with the local uh, company Tech Dynamism, and it, it goes out and it goes ding out to the current 250 people who volunteer for us who know people looking for jobs. So these are folks that work at departments of social services for Altmarlshire. So these are the grandmother in the neighborhood who knows everybody. These are pastors. These are people who are well-connected. And each time a new job is sent out by me, we currently have close to 100 jobs, it goes ding, and it goes to these peers, these people who know people, and it pulls up on their phone. And it Mm -hmm. goes, a new job has been placed into the network, and it is now the maintenance apartment technician at X, Y, and Z company. And the peers say, hmm, I know a guy down the street, or I know a guy that's underemployed, or... I know a guy that's unemployed, or I know a guy that just got out of uh, out of prison or jail mm-hmm. um, needing a job. Uh, let me get him in the program because I think he'd be great doing this. And that peer basically says to the person looking for the job, "Hey, do you want do you want to improve your you know your uh, lot in life? Do you want to become self sufficient? Do you want a halfway decent job with a good employer?" And the person says yes, and they say, "Great, we're sending you to network to work." And you're going to uh, enroll, and they're going to get you rolling on on the opportunity to apply for a job like that. Mm-hmm. And that's what we do. We have peers out there uh, in the community all through Central Virginia. We're looking for more. We also then, once the person comes into the program, connect them with what we call a navigator. And a navigator is basically a volunteer who's willing to just touch base with a few job seekers that we assign and say, hey, are you following the path? Are you getting your child care first? Are you taking the training? What else can I do? Mm-hmm. These aren't people necessarily who know people to send them to us, but want to help after somebody's been enrolled. That's the network of the job seeker network, if you will, of peers and navigators. And every day we've got other people who say, I want to help. I want to help. Mm-hmm. You know, you've answered about my next five questions, but it's incredible. And uh, no, no, I appreciate it. Uh, you know what? It kind of uh, not attempting to oversimplify here, but I it's like that 
TV commercial uh, whose product I can't remember, but I do remember the commercial and it's two neighbors outside or somewhere in an exercise class or something and or getting mail in the front of the house. In any case, one neighbor asks, do you know anything about XYZ? And the neighbor says, the second neighbor says, yes. And then they ask them to do all of these things. And of course, the tagline is, don't expect your neighbor to do all this work. Well, you guys at Network yeah. to Work are the neighbor that that yeah. does all the legwork, that does the upfront work. Is that a, is that a good analysis? You think? It is. It is, and it's funny you should say it, a good neighbor. Our program just moved from where we were housed the past year and a half, two years at the Jefferson School uh-huh. downtown, and we are now located at two twenty two South Street in a house. Uh, right behind the big World Strides building and, and uh, right up the road from the South Street Inn and the South Street Brewery. Okay. All right. We're, we're going to take a short break. This is fascinating. I, I only met, uh, having known his wife uh, in uh, a political context for a number of years, I've just met recently Frank uh, Squillace, who makes me love LinkedIn all the more because that's how I first met him, had a cup of coffee and said, uh, I must share this man with the world, which, by the way, what I'm going to ask as we begin in our next segment, so you can get ready, Frank, is how do we how do we take this program and spread it all over the United States of America? Because as you mentioned, this is not just a Central Virginia problem. Stay with us. I am talking with the fascinating Frank Squillace of Network 2, the number two, work. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now, enjoy Watchfire Music, featuring vocal artist Julia Wade singing Beautiful from her new CD, Sunday Morning. Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. For the Welcome back to the Reasonable Voices Talk News Radio Program. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, and my guest today is the Reasonable Voice of Frank Squillace. So often when I have guests who are descendants of immigrants, they have so Americanized their names that when I pronounce it in the way that my grandmama told me to, I, uh, I'm told, well, that's beautiful, but, but uh, Frank lets me get away with it. So there it is. We're talking about network to work, the number two, network number two work. 
is is an amazing, I find, when, when he first told me about it, an approach that is so 21st century and beyond unemployment and poverty, and I would say, at least initially, for maybe even the chronically unemployed, or at the least people who need to work three jobs, for heaven's sakes, just to get by with the basics. That's the thing. It's yeah. not, they want to be able to afford to support their families. So, Frank, is there any potential, as I promised I would ask at the end of the last segment, any potential that such a program as Network to Work can go national? There is that potential. You know, we, we do hear from people uh, around the country who are starting to hear about us and say, hey, could you potentially tell us a little more? Can you bring us that program to here or there? Um, so so the, the short answer is yes. The longer answer is right now we're concentrating just on our PVCC service area, which is Central Virginia and the, the, the county surrounding Albemarle and Charlottesville. So the goal, and we've been talking to them, is to this fall move network to work to the Louisa County area. Several of their officials and service providers and employers are, are chomping at the bit for us to bring it there. Mm-hmm. We made a presentation earlier last week to Greene County, and same reaction. They're, they're like, okay, can we start tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Which was very exciting, and they will probably be in the spring. We, last year, were asked, you know, essentially by the, the governor's staff to eventually bring this to all other community college systems in the Commonwealth. Mm-hmm. And again, we're delighted that, like you, people recognize this is a program that should be everywhere. Yes. But we also we also know that we're you know we're not in this as a as a, a franchise business per se. Uh, I say yet, but I, I don't know if that'll ever happen or needs to be. But the point being, as a nonprofit and as a, a human service agency division of the Commonwealth of Virginia right now, we we want to make sure that the program is, is, is to the best of our potential, spot on and providing the quality services that we intend to, in addition to expanding it to the quantity of people we can serve, if that makes sense. Yes. Well, it's 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 a perfect example of uh, uh, building the foundation, but to move out and beyond the, to the different counties out through the Commonwealth of Virginia, I think is an excellent place to start. And that success will breed more success for the people who need Network to Work. So yes. how does Network to Work match the right employee with the right employer? Yeah, so again... Uh, the employers are out there and they say, we need a warehouse worker. And through the little job ticket I described earlier, yes. I put down the basic information, responsibility, skills, what type of training, if any, is the job on the bus line, because most of our folks have struggle or don't have the vehicles or transportation. And then, again, it goes out to the peers, that job ticket, and the peers primarily are the ones that say, hmm, a warehouse position. I know a guy, a gal, that has had 
some experience in that, but maybe is still making eight, nine dollars an hour. Has has would like a job like that. Uh, doesn't have a degree. What in particular can can I do to send that person primarily to network to work? How can I help this person? So they use network to work mm-hmm. as their as their way to send them. So so the employers basically are trusting us to send them that worker that has already an interest in that job. Mm-hmm. And then what we do in addition, of course, is help them with their barriers so that they can apply to the job appropriately, whether that's with appropriate resume, appropriate interviewing skills, and whatnot, and then keeping that job if they are offered that with the appropriate supports at least up to a year after after you've uh, landed that job in our program, if that makes sense. It, it does, and you know, and again, I know I said this in the last segment, but the the idea that people want to work, most people want to work, uh, and, and and the most challenging thing about working, I I believe from what I've seen, is is getting the job. So you yeah. for any number of reasons, but also you brought up today the the new sort of ripple of that, and that is people want to work, so they apply to work. And going that that particular hurdle, which is can be tedious and challenging in, in its own, but you not only have solved that issue, but one that most or or at least people you are meeting through your program of network to work, people don't consider the other challenges, the other barriers, the other hurdles that might make staying on the job uh, uh, possible, and that you are you are really you're just leveling those hurdles. Let me tell you. I used to run hurdle races in high school, which can't do that anymore, but I could have used you, let me tell you. You know, I love the fact, too, by the way, that you use the word peers as opposed to some other word you could have used uh, in describing who's working. So it makes us all equal in in this network to work. What is it? What's a connecting peer? Is that what you were telling us about earlier? The pastors? Okay. Okay. And the navigator peer you you already mentioned is someone who who calls up, who does the follow-up. Yes? Yes, who guides them once a person's in the program, guides the job seeker from the point where we say, okay, before you apply for the job, you need to go to Walmart and get glasses, which we pay for, Mm -hmm. because you can't do a job as a computer warehouse person if you Mm -hmm. you you can't see. Yes. Okay, and then after that, you need to go to the United Way, where you'll be put on the list for the voucher for child care so that you as a single parent or even as a you know, two-parent family, whatever, can't keep that job if you're constantly worrying about whether your kids are being take care, taken care of. And then the third thing is get to the auto parts store where, again, through our program and the uh, wonderful philanthropy in this community, we'll, we'll be able to pot, buy you the new uh, battery that your car needs just to get you from point A to point B. The navigator walks that person through that and just checks in and says, hey, how are you doing? Is there any problem? Uh, because until those things are taken care of, you're not going to be really allowed to apply to those jobs and have the network to work uh, staff vouch for you. Now, people can come in and some do and say, look, why do I need you? I want the services. 
but I can get the job on my own. And we say, well, it doesn't work that way. Mm. The employers trust us enough to know that if we're vouching for you, they're going to move your application to the top, and it means you've gone through our checklist, if you will, of taking care of barriers and some minimal training that the employers are looking for. You know, Frank, I, you know, I listen to you, and I'm just, I just, things that bounce around in my head that you, you, you have so, I feel like cliche, cliche Marcello today, you're so leveling the field. Um, yes. And you're leveling bumps and hurdles and, and, and holes in the, in the ground that many of us don't even think about. I mean, let's face it, I, I've been blessed and have had a wonderful career. And a lot of yes. what you're talking about, even though I'm married and we have two dogs that demand a lot of attention, but a lot of what you're saying just isn't a part of my daily experience. So when I hear you, I think one of the things you are doing, and I hope all those listening will get this, we are we who don't necessarily need to consider, you know, child care or or a battery for the car, need to realize there are thousands of people, uh, and that's just yeah. in Virginia, who do need to, uh, to uh, those considerations. And Network to Work is taking care of that, and you're not charging yeah. them either, right? Wow. to the best of our ability. It doesn't mean we don't run into hurdles. As you know, yes. uh, Marcella, one of the biggest uh, 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 struggling points of this community for years, I mean, I've been here 32 years, and it was talked about back in the late 80s, is housing yes. and affordable housing. Yes. So, you know, the ripple effects of pe people who work currently these $7.25 minimum wage jobs of trying to find some affordable housing in the city it's impossible. Mm. So that means they have to move outside the city, which means then they need yeah, transportation, yes. which means then they struggle to get to work on time. I mean, it's just a cascading effect of what, you know, the basic uh, basic aspects of our society sometimes does not take care of. So our, our uh, Dean Rich, Skyler, sits on a lot of these commissions and committees and whatnot to look at all of the systemic poverty issues that, that continue to plague not only our community, but, but all across America. And how do we fix those so that network to work can be even more effective when someone comes in and says, you know, I live downtown and I want this job and I want to be able to stay here so I can walk to work or, or whatever the, the, uh, the situation is. Sure. You know, I, um, I know you mentioned you're no longer at the Jefferson school and, uh, Thanks for mentioning that because I thought you were still there, but you have a, a new lovely home setting that where people can can come and as you say they they need to go through the program, they need to go through the process, even when yeah. they may resist that because they don't know that they're not going through the process without someone like Network to Work. Yes, you've got it. You've got it. In fact, unfortunately, we had somebody this morning who came in who clearly could have used us. And he looked through the job list and said, yeah, there's some jobs here, but I don't really want to go through, you know, it takes about four to six weeks, sometimes eight weeks for us to get somebody from point A when you walk in to the end when we, you know, allow you, if you will, to apply for the job. And he basically said, I need a job right now. I haven't worked in years. And I'm thinking, oh, if only he understood. Yes. The, if you take two more months, you're not going to be in the position you've been in for the past several years. Yes. But some people resist that, and we understand that. But for the most part, people in the community who know that the program works 
uh, a lot of the peers and the navigators and people who eventually get enrolled in our program and come to this nice, warm, inviting house that it doesn't scream institution but screams, hey, we're here to help mm. in this setting, sort of this family setting, if you will. The process works. It works. And that house is located at 222 South Street, you say? Yes, it is. Okay. Yep, big blue house on South Street. Um, we're so new that we're still without signage, but all of those things are coming. <laughs> well, um, but, uh, Frank, just curious, given your position at PVCC, how is Piedmont Virginia Community College connected to Network to Work? Wonderful uh, question. Uh, in short, the program started out with support from the Chamber of Commerce years ago. It grew rapidly. The Chamber um, just didn't have the full resource and backing to support the program, if you will. So in Dr. Friedman's wisdom at Piedmont Virginia Community College, he said, bring it over here. The tie-in not only is the backing of the state system, if you will, mm -hmm. but the backing of uh, the Workforce Services Division's trainings um, for all of the jobs that do require a credential. So it's not, a, it's not an AA two-year degree, but if you want to become a certified nurse assistant, where most of the jobs are at least paying 13 14 an hour now in the community, you have to go through the 6 8 week training, and Piedmont Virginia Community College offers that. So we work with our sister division, if you will, to bring people in the program. They say, oh, I want to, I've always wanted to be in healthcare. I would love to be a CNA. Great. We'll enroll you in that training. So it's everything from that to the trades, whether it's the HVAC, electrical, carpentry, plumbing, welding, also to those that are interested in becoming truck drivers. So you need your certified uh, commercial driver's license, CDL license in Piedmont offers the training for that as well. So the biggest connection is through the training that is offered. But we, we have uh, appreciated from day one when PBCC took us over, if you will, the, the support of a larger network system the, uh, the state. You've got quite a track record already of success. We didn't mention that. Give us some statistics. Why not? Yeah, we're still trying to even refine our reporting because, as you can imagine, it takes a while for somebody to get, if you will, registered into the program to eventually getting a job. But up until this point, we have basically, these are round numbers, 80% of the folks that come into our program eventually end up getting a job. And currently, we're at about, I believe, 70% of those at least making twelve fifty an hour or more. Even though those are the only type of jobs we offer, we do offer other ones to get people into the program at an entry level that they feel comfortable and say, no, I'd rather take a job that pays $11 an hour to get me started mm -hmm. than to wait for a $12.50 an hour job. So 80%, you know, completion and get them, them jobs, and of those, about 70% positions that pay at least $25,000 a year or more. Obviously, you'll never get 100%. We have people that attempt to start and then realize there's no way I can do this. We want them to hang on, but they don't, and life gets in the way even more than they present to us. And, of course, some people withdraw because they move out of the area. Mm -hmm. So we think the numbers are pretty good data sometimes lagged. We work in the state system, so um, gathering data uh, on time and 
real time can be a little more difficult than, than maybe we'd like it to be, but we're still working those kinks out. Excellent. Okay. Give us a little more information on your founder and your website, contact information, Sarah Mendoza, <laughs> telephone numbers, the address again, the location, all of that. Tell us. Sure. Okay. So uh, uh, Rich Schuyler was our founder. He is a lawyer by training, originally from Orange County, but has served uh, senators and congressmen in various positions. He currently sits on President Ryan's community working group, which has come out with some wonderful recommendations and follow through. He was the one that produced the original orange dot report that showed the 20% poverty in Central Virginia and then decided to build it out this way and it has grown ever since. We are located at 222 South Street, right downtown Charlottesville. Our website is network2work.org. You can find us through that and or through the Piedmont Virginia Community College's regular uh, website. We are uh, four-person strong, Ridge Schuyler, our founder, myself as the director of the program, and then Monica Johnson is our life and career coach, and Tori is our administrative assistant, Tori Maxey. Sarah Mendoza moved over to the workforce division, so she's no longer with us, but uh, you can contact us at 434-961-5255. You can stop in to our house and just say hello. We will be having a series of open houses coming up in the fall. That's about it. That sounds um, grand, Frank. Just for those who are listening outside of Virginia, of course, President Ryan that you mentioned is the president of the University of Virginia. Yes, so Frank Squillace, talk about yeah. giving back, you know. <laughs> I don't know what to it's say. A you, you, it is a network, but it, thank you. It is, it is indeed a network. I don't know that we said uh, exactly what a pilot peer is. Um, we didn't. A pilot peer is a person who plays both roles as a connector, somebody who knows people and sends them into the program, but also wants to follow their track. Uh, so we mentioned the peers are the people that connect people into the program, but don't do anything after that. The navigators pick them up. They don't know people in the community, but are willing to pick up people that we assign a pilot is just that third person who basically does and plays both roles. Okay. Well, I wanted to I wanted to uh, to ask that and make certain we covered all the peers because, as I said, what touches me a great deal about all of this incredible sharing and giving and and helping you know all those who all they want to do is help themselves, be able to pay yeah. their own way for heaven's sake, um, right. and 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 enjoy that sense of accomplishment. To, to be able to take care of those the needs of family and friends and children and, you know, all of that. But the fact that you call, it's based on peers, that you use that word, I think tells us how we're trying, you are trying, in particular at Network to Work, to level the playing field and let us see each other as human peers. We're all in this together. It's just a beautiful thing, Frank. What can I tell you? Thank you. Marcello, and we appreciate the opportunity for allowing us to, to talk to you today, and, and I know you've already shared it with many people in the community, so we can't thank you enough. Well, I, it's my pleasure, and we both will be mutually thankful. How about that? Because we've been talking to my good friend, Frank Squillace. He's the director of Network to Work. That's a number two, Network and number two, Work at PVCC. 
located at 222 South Street, Charlottesville, Virginia, 22902. Frank, we just wish you and the entire network, the team there at Network to Work, and we wish you all the very best, okay? Thank you, Marcello. Appreciate it. Have a great week. You too. Bye now. Thank you. And best to Jane. Yes, thank you very much. She said to say hi, Marcello, and uh, I will tell her you said hello. Absolutely. Bye now. Bye. Welcome to the Andy Fell Minute. In history class, most of us learned that the Civil War ended the institution of slavery in America. The 13th Amendment declared that neither slavery nor involuntary servitude should be legal in the land, except as a punishment for crime. It is this conspicuous loophole that award-winning director Ava DuVernay explores in her blistering documentary, 13th. Through a series of interviews with academics, businessmen, and politicians from both sides of the aisle, along with horrific historical photographs and modern video footage, 13th makes the case that slavery never disappeared in America. It only changed form. First with the Jim Crow laws of the South, then in the 80s as the war on drugs, and now with the disproportionate mass incarceration of black Americans. The subject matter is difficult, but DuVernay has edited the film so as to make it impossible to turn away. There are no moments of silence, no places to catch your breath. Hip-hop lyrics punctuate the film's segments, relentless in their plea for justice. If ever a film deserved to become required viewing across America, it would be 13th. Watch it tonight. 13th. Not in theaters. Discovery through rental. Hello, I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, thanking you for joining us and becoming one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. Beware. Lessons learned, then forgotten, return with bitter instructions. What has a 1912 sea voyage got to teach 21st century America? Simple. It's not the tip of the iceberg that sinks the mighty, but unseen spurs jutting out invisible to those who refuse to see. It's arrogance that sinks the ship of state when helmed by those who claim not even God himself can sink USA. 2019 can be another refresher course for a nation and people ready to do better than the clichés of rented politicians spouting easily remembered and regurgitated overly simplistic slogans, yet forgetting all glory is fleeting when left to the whims of human pendulums swinging between false prophets and anti-American heroes increasing national demise, individual vulnerability, producing dignity, reversing damage to honor, leaving a people seeking hope in historical myths, instead of trusting themselves to a close encounter with courage. Greatness reveals itself not in braggadocious base-baiting, but in the steady, faith-based dreams, in the diversity of all life on earth, once alive with the vitality of a well-ordered ecosystem, now tarnished by believers in all that glitters. It's painful how easily we the people can be swayed by product labels, Madison Avenue advertising, social media, and the carnival barkers. Sadly, it's all in the marketing, and too many have succumbed to the call of the herders. We have been mocked, 
but not destroyed, as long as we refuse to pity those who envy dictators, because fear, hatred, arrogance, and cruelty are both calling cards and legacies. Yes, we sometimes squabble when frightened by unemployment, loss of hope, or confronted by the truth that hurts. Those who cannot govern shut down government. Nonetheless, America has produced many great heroes, but has too often overlooked. No gender, no race, no color owns exclusivity to either heroism or anguish. Uncle Gino always advised, finding what you're looking for depends on where you look. Blind hero worship makes us prime targets for corporate marketing, corrupt government, and loss of memory for America's calling. Until we regain some focus on our heroism within, we must at least seek better heroes without. Even when talking heads block our view, we need see beyond heroes projected upon us to those who reflect empathy even in our conflicted world. It's not just those who can never be forgotten, like Laurel and Hardy, Margot Kidder, Stephen Hawkin, Stan Lee, Aretha Franklin, John McCain, Penny Marshall, 105-year-old Connie Sawyer, Neil Simon, Tom Wolfe, Jamal Khashoggi, and all our guides, among them Tracy and Hepburn, who now know what follows. It's not just them. It's the heroic examples living among us, like Dr. Christine Blasey Ford, every woman who ran for elective office in 2018, its mother-daughter team Beth and Liza James, those we've lost to political lies, uncaged lions, and racial lynchings, its teachers, social workers, nurses, caregivers, and veterans, its medical miracle student Claudia Martinez, it's 2018 Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School students, all of them, and it's immigrant children abused by staff at Trump's zero-tolerance prison camps for minors. There is no security against our internalized walls of diversity anxiety, fear of being gone with the wind, and hate inviting the fall of America at the hands of an unindicted co-conspirator. For this new year... Pope Francis reminded us God himself needed a mother. My grandmama constantly affirmed God, however we conceptualize that, is always whispering, love thy neighbor as thyself. But it's on us to listen and to follow through. In 2019, truth is, as nation and people, aren't we walking a tightrope, strung out, across yet another perilous crevice, potentially to the very precipice of, perhaps, America's final chance to prove we hold these truths to be self-evident. This is not the time for timidity, for wherever our heart resides, in whatever we house our confidence, at the end of the day it is what we allow to touch us that determines whether we trash national parks, poison consumers with chemicals, prove our manhood by tear-gassing human beings in need, or embody our Gettysburg address and be Joshua to Trump's wall, scaling the mantle such men can never attain. Listen, whatever next steps we take, we will see the promised reward for our choices. So, let us surmount hype and myth, being instead the keepers of the flame.
Thank you, and join us. Become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. Thank you for continuing to listen to, support, and share the Reasonable Voice Blog Talk Radio with family and friends, especially online. We enjoy hearing from you, and in response, yes, we are now accepting new company and business advertisers and welcoming organizations seeking to be one of our sponsors. So please do continue to email us at thereasonablevoice at gmail.com. However, if you prefer to simply make a donation, your donations are greatly appreciated and can be made through PayPal by clicking on the donate button found at the top of the homepage of the Reasonable Voice. Thank you for joining us today to make every day as reasonable as possible. We hope you will download and share our downloadable podcasts. I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, hoping you will become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. Two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.